Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. It's episode 58 and as per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this week I am joined by the insanely talented Jacqueline Emerson. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Drama School Dropout your whole course now try something new hello hi <laughs> let's pretend that we haven't had a chat for like 10 minutes now <laughs> okay good I'm, I'm good at that acting it's so lovely to meet you for the very first time that was lovely to meet you too thanks oh. for having me on i am such a fan um i am a hunger games nerd like oh cool i like when the book came out last year, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, I was at Asda, which is like our Walmart. Wait, I haven't read it yet. Is it good? It's so good. Really? Like, yeah. actually? I was like, kind of nervous. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like, I'm going to be totally honest. It might just be because I'm so invested in the world. That makes total sense. That I'm like, this is going to be good regardless of what it is. Um, I really enjoyed it. Oh. I got it at 7am. I queued up oh for my it. God. First time I've queued up for a book since the last Harry Potter came out. Oh. In 11 hours. Wow. I okay, maybe I'll check it out. on my couch and was like this. Well, you know, I was like a huge, 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 huge fan before I got cast. But then the problem was like being in it. I don't want to say like ruined my fandom, but I just got a little too close to it. Do you know what I mean? And so like I was I was while I was in, I was still like hugely nerding out. Um, but in the, in the after effects, I think I kind of was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm got done it. Now. You know, I got like this sort of like inside view. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I should get it though. Maybe it'll, it'll reignite. Uh, I would read, especially because it's, it's nothing to do with like Captain Anything Seventeen. Else. Like the only character that we actually know is, um, Snow and tigress cool cool that's the only two characters that translate from the original trilogy to the new one i'll, I'll check it out then because i i mean i love the book series i was just yeah. obsessed with it so Suzanne Collins um, is a god i know i got to meet her once and oh. she like wrote in my book um well a couple times because she came to set but i still have on my shelf she wrote in my book and she wrote me a little note and she wrote like to my fox face and i was like i am i'm her fox face like, <laughs> that's it i'm done you can quit now i can you can sack me now i was like this is I'm the coolest done. thing ever like you <laughs> can introduce me to any celebrity and i don't give a shit but like if you introduce me to an author that i love like who's created yeah. a world that i love how are you doing because i know we're sort of we're getting back to normal life are you in la i want to say i'm in la yeah favorite um, city in the world I'm- I'm doing all right. Uh, this year was a shit show. Who was it not a shit show for? I don't know. But um, just be brave and say that I've had quite a good year. You've had a good year? Like, well, congrats. Very, That's awesome. Very aware that I'm, I, I feel guilty for saying it because obviously there's been. No, a don't. I'm, I'm, so it makes world. me happy that not everything was shit for everybody. Do you know what I, I mean? I dropped out of uni in January. We went into lockdown on, and I was in like the worst position of my life ever. Oh my then God. we went into lockdown and I didn't have to do anything. I could literally just sit and focus on fixing the things that were wrong. I had uh, a great summer, me and my best friend who lives across the road, we bubbled up. So it was like, we just saw each other every day. And then December hit and I started a podcast, which has now changed my oh. life miraculously. Oh, that's awesome. That's so, so cool to hear. That's I great. do feel really guilty for saying like I had a great year during the pandemic because there's been so yeah. much loss and there's been so much devastation and I, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm here and I'm well, fine. I, I think it's an important reminder that, you know, when there's dark, there's always light, you know? I mean, like for me, it's like there were some parts of this year that were like the hardest, oh, yeah. that were very, very difficult. But I also had some like really positive stuff. Like I created yeah. more than I've ever created, which was just like, it was so much led time. To some wonderful stuff. It was so, which has been so good. I started writing, which has opened a lot of doors, which I never done before. I started dating someone, you know? So like there were, there were some positives that I wrote positives that came out of it. <laughs> Not um, into sharing food in my fridge and sharing a bed. Like <laughs> we can leave that. Like I'm still sort of like six feet distance. <laughs> yep. 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 I understand that. Um, it gave us so much time and I was like really grateful for that like wrote stuff started a podcast I feel like a lot of creatives say the exact same thing and they're like 
yeah, I was working a nine to five job and then going and working in the West End. And then I lost both of them. But I'm now like, I've wrote a musical. And yeah. it, I, it's so right. great to hear. Yeah. I think people just had a lot of time to explore the things that they'd never thought they'd explore. But it was a, it was like an exceedingly, like personal life wise, it was just like yeah. a tough, fun, you know, emotional year. Um, yeah. Fun so, times. <laughs> but as I was saying with, you know, there's always good with the bad and stuff like that. So I was California just now, because I know you sort of have been going through the ringer Ooh. with it. Yeah, we're, um, we're actually doing okay. I, I feel like, thank God for the vaccine. We had a really good rollout. Yeah. The problem is that now we're hitting the like, you know, we're at the like, what, like 65% and everybody else is an anti-vaxxer. And so I'll get the vaccine, everyone, please get the vaccine. Oh, um, I'm sick of um, anti-vaxxers. I've got a few on Facebook oh, that I like to just call out every once in a while. Um, so fun story. I wrote a status on Facebook the other day because it all just got too much and told oh, yes. everyone to go fuck themselves and how much idiots <laughs> they were. Um, one of them phoned my mother. Oh no. And told her to get a grip of me. Jesus. What? And my Who mom are was like, people? he's 23 years old. No. Yeah, month. he's an adult. Yeah, my um, mom lives in London and I live in Glasgow. We're like seven hours apart. What did they think so my mom was going to do? That's so funny. That's crazy that they called your mom. That's like the most <laughs> high school thing I've ever heard. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, get the vaccine, everybody. But honestly, like, I feel lucky to be in LA because almost everybody that I know is vaccinated. And so yeah. um, it's nice. I went to my first, my friend had a comedy show last night, which was the first like show, comedy show I've been to, which is really exciting. You know, I've been to the theater a few times. I've gone to some concerts, you know, it's like, it's, it, and it feels kind of weird, but it's, it's slowly getting slowly getting sort of back to normal yeah. i don't know i've been on a couple of film sets and it's been very strange mm. uh there was one where they have like buzzers in your pocket that would like go off if you get too close to anybody it was the weirdest thing but then they had to cancel that because it would like ruin shots because like the grips were standing next to each other because they had to for work yeah. um and so then they gave you like a bluetooth sensor and they would notify you it was the weirdest thing ever but i'll oh, see i'd turn that into a game <laughs> I'd be like, how many <laughs> times a day can we get buzzed? Yeah, can we? <laughs> I'd probably get fired. So funny. Um, um, also, I, randomly, I just realized yeah. I I don't watch the news. Did Caitlyn Jenner win the election? Oh, thank God, no. Not I, even close. <laughs> like, Not I stopped watching close. the news last year when it got a yeah, bit grim around good... COVID time. I was like, no. No, thank you. Good, good move. Um, Caitlyn Jenner did not win. Thank God. Uh, Gavin, you know, did not get recalled in, uh, he won by a pretty big margin actually, but like, oh man, thank God. <laughs> I, I, I keep thinking the hoaxes every time it happens, you know, like when Trump announced, I was like, ah, funny, funny. You but this are is America. Great. Yeah. And then like, it was like, we oh. have Florida. Anything is possible. <laughs> and then Caitlyn Jenner's like, I'm running for office. And I'm like, ha ha, funny. Her election videos were oh. so strange too. I saw a few of them and I was like, stop. Like who? I know. Like, I feel like she needs to get back in with the Kardashians because like. Is she out with the Kardashians? I don't really follow. I think so. Cause she wrote that book, didn't she? And like, outed, like her memoir and outed like Chris and like slagged them all off. So I don't what? think they have What the did best, she out Chris as? Like saying that Chris knew that she was transgender and all of this jazz, like just things that apparently weren't true. I mean, I, I don't know Chris Jenner personally, so I, I can't attest to what was true, but apparently they're not on good terms. Interesting. But I feel like if she got back in with them, they're such a powerhouse of like, let's do good shit and like only be in the press for good things. Caitlyn could probably <laughs> turn a career. Because Caitlyn was on our version of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And oh, what is that? Like the celebrities go into the jungle and like live I, on a camp. I'm and... not a big reality show person. So I don't, I need you to describe. Have you ever seen things. like Survivor? I, okay. I've never watched a full episode, but I've seen clips and I have, a friend who's so obsessed with it that he just had a survivor themed birthday party that I attended. So I feel like I've seen Survivor, but I so it's haven't. like a group of D-list celebrities and a couple of A stars, uh, A-listers, will go into the jungle in Australia. They get paid a shit ton of money. Caitlyn oh Jenner God. got like half a million dollars. They live in a camp and they have to like play games to get um like stars for food. 
and they put them in like cages with big snakes and spiders and rats and what? things like that. And Caitlin came over and done it. You need to watch it. I promise you'll enjoy it. I was going to um, say, I don't know what my number on that would be. I would be like, I need like 10 million or something. <laughs> so I don't Caitlin think you Jenna, pay me to be in a cage with a snake. Yeah, same. It, Caitlin came over and done it and was a really likable character and made it to like pretty far on. Do people vote? Uh, yeah. So like people vote to save. So you vote for who you want okay. to do the challenge. So normally whoever doesn't like the animals gets voted in to go in like the cage with like the rats and the spiders. And then you have to vote for who you want to stay. Like cause somebody gets thrown out like every night after like a week oh or God, two. This is bonkers. And Caitlyn Jenner, I want to say made it to like fifth place. Like done pretty well considering that she was like the only American, very British TV show. Like Good we're all familiar with but then she says shit and I'm just like, you need to have like a person that speaks for you and thinks for you. So many. I feel that way about so many people though. But then also like, if you're going to be an arsehole, I'd rather know you're an arsehole instead of having it being covered up. Sure. At least we know. <laughs> yeah. Like I can avoid you now, but I feel like we've, we've spent an awful lot of time not talking about acting. <laughs> <laughs> So what I like to ask everyone is, how did you get into acting and what was your very first role? Oh, um, okay. I was six years old and my friend was auditioning for Annie. And I came home and I was like, mom, I want to do this thing. It sounds cool. My mom was like, oh God. Um, so she took me to the audition. It was like a local theater. And uh, my mom was convinced that I was just going to like fall on my face because I'd also never sung. Like I'd never yeah. sung in the house or anything. And of course, my little six-year-old self belted tomorrow. And uh, afterwards, the theater person came up to my mom and was like, she's she's actually really good. Like, got pipes. You, you should get her uh, singing lessons. And uh, and then they cast me in Duffy. I was Duffy. Um, and it was, I remember being like a pseudo traumatic experience. Like I remember the, the head teacher being like kind of a psychopath. It was like a huge, it was a huge thing. Like the show was big, but I remember her yelling at a girl who was like five or something and she peed on stage. Like it was because she was so scared of the teacher yelling at her. Like I, I remember this vividly, but somehow I fell in love, which is how, you know, it's, it's true love. Yeah. And, uh, and then I just, you know, then my extracurricular was found and I did a, you know, every musical theater summer camp. I joined a theater troupe in LA um, and, you know, classic, like kid growing up in LA, all these agents were like money, 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 you know, uh, and kept trying to sign me. And my parents were like, no, they're like, no, no, no. She's going to get all fucked up. <laughs> she's going to have <laughs> like a childhood. Can... Come back when she's 18. She wants it. Yeah, we want her to have a childhood. So the only thing they let me do were voiceovers. And I remember I went to go and meet with my voiceover agents, who I'm still with to this day. And um, I remember Great. on the drive over, my mom was like, this is going to be a good lesson for you, Jackie. Like, you're going to see the rejection in this industry. <laughs> They're going to tell you no. You know, like, I remember this on the drive over. And I like went into the room and then they were like, well, we're just going to record you doing a couple things and then I left and they were like yeah she signed and, the, and then I booked something a couple weeks later my mom was like fuck you know like, um, you're like what was that about rejection yeah um, I was like oh okay not <laughs> experienced easy, it so far um oh. and so quickly learned that lesson was wrong but um <laughs> But it was great because it didn't matter how you looked. Yeah. I didn't have to miss school. And my parents had a really strict rule, which is just like, if you ever don't want to do it, we're not doing it anymore. Like, we're only good. doing this if you want to be doing this. And um, that's good, though, because you hear a lot really of really good. Like, I'm a I'm a massive fan of Dance Moms. Very much a guilty pleasure. Oh, Absolutely love Abby Lee Miller. One of my hilarious. Queens. But it's very obvious that sometimes the kids are there because the parents want them to be there. Want them to be there. Yeah. And it's just sort of like, yeah, that that's good that your parents were like. You see a lot of that in LA, like a lot of that in LA. And so I felt, I felt very lucky because it was always my choice. And it was always something that I was fighting to do. And my parents yeah. were like, are you sure about that? You know, and then finally this agent was like, please, can I send her on one audition? And my parents were like, only if it involves singing. And she was like, yeah, it's for this like Disney rock band <laughs> called Devo 2.0. And I went for the audition and it was another circumstance of my mom being like, okay, Jackie, this is your first real audition. You're not going to get it. We're going to learn what rejection is, you know? Um, and of course I kept getting called back. And by like the fifth callback, my mom was like, oh my God, oh my God, what have I done? And then, you know, got Maybe the- Maybe this is where you're going to learn what success is. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Well, actually more, what I learned was what the roller coaster of success is. Yeah. Because 
it was like this total rush. I got to miss a couple of weeks of school. We went on tour around the country. We did all these music videos. We were on radio, Disney, like all this stuff. And then it, it like petered out. Like Disney stopped. High School Musical came out at the same time. There was like tension between like Disney music and Disney TV. And it was yeah, all this stuff. Anyway, we stopped, you know, being a band. And I remember um, talking to my mom about that, my dad about that. And that was the first time that they were like, if you want this life, this is what it is. Is it's like, you know, you you ride the roller coaster, One you enjoy you the high. Jump, the next day you're not. Yeah, but but you know it's not forever. It's never mm. forever. And you have to be okay with it. Like you can't let it get to your head. Like I had like a mini dose of fame and then it was gone. And that was great. It was really good lesson for young me. Mm. And then I started to do, I was in like a very intense acting program at my high school. Um, I was in like a few professional operas with the LA Opera. I did a couple of professional musicals in LA. That's fun. It was really fun. It was a crazy experience. But yeah, it wasn't until I I thought I was doing like more professional stuff with my music because my parents were really strictly like no no film acting. And then I was a huge fan. I'm a I'm a nerd. I'm like a book nerd. And I was obsessed with The Hunger Games. Obsessed with Harry Potter. Obsessed with all these things. And read The Hunger Games, huge fan. And the director, it turned out, was interviewing kids that were fans of the books as his pitch mm. to be director. Um, and I, you know, through, you know, was talking about it to someone. They're like, yeah, you should go do the thing, blah, blah, blah. So I go in to do this interview and it was like a big camera and all these lights. And afterwards, the director was like, you were so natural on camera. Uh, and I was like, oh, thanks. And he was like, no, no, no. Like you really, you really pop. Like you have something. Um, I was like, okay, great. <laughs> and then I left. And a couple months later, he called me up and he was like, hey, would you come in and audition for this role? And Absolutely that was mad to the way things my just first, fall in line. yeah. Isn't that crazy? It was my first yeah. film audition ever. And then like stuff blew up. But, you know, I, I think the nice cap on this story or the, the interesting cap on this story is that um, I had such crazy imposter syndrome. Like I was like, I don't deserve to be here. I'm not a real actor. Relatable content. Relatable content. <laughs> yeah, I, I really did. I, I was like, I, I don't deserve. I'm just a fan, you know? Yeah. And um. And all of a sudden it was like- Ivana Lynch speech. was as well though. Yeah, that's how we became friends is because- Are you friends with Ivana Lynch? Yeah, she's one of my good oh, friends. I, I love her so much. Did you watch her on Dancing with the Stars? We don't have that over here. Oh, you don't we, have that here? We, oh. you, it's the American version. We've got Strictly Come Dancing. It was really fun because she made it to the finals and I got to go and like- I'm we going to have to go her. and watch some of it up because like- massive harry potter fan here yeah you um, should yeah so it was funny because i was a huge harry potter fan and the day that my casting was announced like all of a sudden everything was like blowing up online and then i got a notification that was like ivana lynch discusses jacqueline emerson and i was like in the school hallway and i literally like shrieked and i think like <laughs> threw my phone across the room like i was like <laughs> um well and then someone had asked her someone had been like oh you know jackie just got cast in this huge franchise she was a fan you had a similar experience do you have any advice for her and I like tweeted her. I was like, oh my God, like, cause she gave advice. I was like, thank you so much. And then she responded and I was like, huh. And then I think like maybe a year later, I ran into her randomly at a dance class. But at this point we had some mutual friends. Yeah. Um, and because of the mutual friends and stuff, we were like, oh, we can, let's like hang out. And then we became like actual friends and uh, she's That's a fun. wonderful, wonderful person. She's got a book coming out. Oh, I'm going to plug that. Everyone her. go and buy Ivana's book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Ivana, um, if, really... if you want to come on the podcast and um, plug yeah. your own book, um, I, I really wouldn't like protest. <laughs> She's just a wonderful, wonderful human. Um, uh, so, and she was really supportive of me because I think it's a very unique experience yeah. to be plucked out of obscurity and put in a major franchise that and also to be put in a character that people have a lot of attachment to and projections on I mean 10 times more with her but like I got like a taste of it um and it's a very like I don't know it's a hard experience to relate to and I think that that was one of the coolest um things yeah. about you know getting to know her was being like oh here's somebody that can understand the very extremely unique position that I'm in right now yeah um that, that must just be mental totally mental no well so anyway so just to like kind of cap all of it because I feel like I had all these things where it was like oh it fell into my lap fell into my lap fell into my lap um after I did Hunger Games I got you know big agent big manager all this shit and uh I also got into Stanford like at the same time that I was applying and I was like, I have to go to school. And everybody was like, don't go to school. Your break is happening. But I was like, no, 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 I have to go. And um, and I went to school and I missed out on like this whole thing, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't know who I was and I didn't believe in myself. And I went to Stanford. Probably didn't know what you were missing out on either. I, I, it was just like, you know, I couldn't audition and I wasn't going out for things and stuff like that. But like, I think what it really was, was I was missing out on the, the hype train, but less so the actual like talent train because yeah. I didn't know what I was 
doing. I had a lot of training, but I like, I really didn't believe in myself as an actor. I didn't know what I was capable of. I didn't, you know what I mean? There's a fine line of having a lot of training, but then you need to know how to put that training into use. Yes. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I've been on a couple of auditions and I'm sort of like, right, this is a Shakespeare show. I've studied Shakespeare for years. I know how to do the iambic pentameter. But then in a professional environment, you're sort of like, totally different. How the fuck do I do this? So I think a hundred percent. And I think that's why street casting and things like that work so well as well, is that you don't necessarily have to have a lot of training to work work in this industry. And And I think for me, the biggest thing was it was less the training less that it was that I just fully did not believe in myself. Yeah. And, um, and going to Stanford, I, I went even further down that drain. I was like, I got, you know, it's not really a school for, it's sort of a school for creatives, but more school for tech. Yeah. And, um, and as time went on, I felt more and more doubtful of like what I was doing. And I was also starting to work in production at the time and stuff like that. And I had a huge breakdown where I was, I almost like quit acting. Like I was like, I can't do this. What am I doing? Da, da, da. And then the I had this person? like breakthrough performance. <laughs> I know I, that's why I was relating to what you were saying for, but I had this like moment where I was like, none of it matters. This is my last show ever. And I stepped on stage and it was like, it felt like something else just like came through me. And I was like, oh no, I, I have to do, I have to keep doing this. And yeah. that was the moment that I was like, oh, I'm a real artist. And it was cool because the rest of my time at Stanford. And then when I graduated and now um, I got dropped by my reps because they were like, oh, we don't, you're not doing anything. You're irrelevant now. And, um, and it's totally fine because I started to create all my own content stuff that I really believed in that I was really excited about. And it's cool now to see that like, and really find a foot in the acting industry in my own way and really go through the theater scene in LA and stuff like that. And it's cool to see that now, uh, knock on wood, but, but really starting to pay off. But more than any of that, I also know that like whatever comes at this point, I'm fully prepared for it because I actually believe in myself now. Does, does yeah. that make any sense? Yeah, I, I feel like we're on very similar paths. Apart from I haven't been cast in a massive franchise, but if anybody would <laughs> like to, um, my email is in the show notes and you can send <laughs> me over an email. Yeah, I, I, I when I dropped out of uni, I'm not going to talk about it for ages, I never wanted to act ever again. Hmm. I was like, I'm done with this. I'm going to go and learn how to be an accountant or something. And it, this is why I say I had such a good year because I was given so much time at home to reflect on what I wanted to do in life last year that by the time that things started to maybe get a little bit back to normal in Britain around December time where we were sort of allowed out and we had a few Christmassy sort of things going on. I was working for a company that may or may not rhyme with um, Glamazon. Oh, no way. I hated my life. (sighs) I I was doing inventory and quality quality control. So I was counting things. I was like, yeah, that's all there. And I was at my dad's and my dad lives in Newcastle, which is like a three hour drive away. Um, and I just missed all of my friends that I'd made through this industry. And I'd been studying acting for four years up, up until then. And I, t- I text a few of my friends, one of my old lecturers, and I was like, Hey, I want to start a podcast. And even just doing those first 10 episodes, that was just me and my mates. Hmm. I was like, right, this isn't, I'm here to do this. And like, I, I feel like a lot of people don't realize that when you don't believe in yourself, number one, you're never going to work. It's Nothing is ever going to work when you don't yeah. believe in yourself because you don't allow yourself to jump off of the edge. Yeah, totally. It's all about trust. And I think a major thing that I learned was that I needed to pick and choose who I listened to and what I listened to. I got a lot of really negative feedback while I was at mm. uni and a lot of shit that happened that shouldn't have. Um mm. You need to learn to cherry pick the advice and critique that you want to take. And you also just need to remember that if you're not having fun, why the fuck are you doing it? And they're just the three things that I like. The other one that I live my life by, it's not so much acting based, is that shy bends get nothing, which just means if you don't ask, you don't get. I love that. What is it? Shy bends? Shy bends. So B-A-I-R-N-S. It's like a colloquial term for kids. So like shy kids get nothing. Shy bends get nothing. Well, it's shy bands get fuck all, but I don't like to swear too much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. I've been swearing about it. Uh, I didn't mean to. Don't, don't worry. I'm just tired. I call <laughs> Boris Johnson a cunt every other week. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, that yeah, is so You just got to trust yourself. And it, it, by the way, all of that is like so much easier said than done. Oh, and the way that I got 100%. to trust myself was like 
a complete and utter breakdown. Yeah. Where I was like so depressed and you've got to have nothing to lose. That I had no. And that was the moment when I was like, oh, wait a second. Hmm. Wait a second. You know, and it was just a. And I'm not saying like, also, if you just believe in yourself automatically, that's, that's great. Good for you. Yeah. But for me, it definitely, How? You I think I thought, yeah, <laughs> I think I thought I believed in myself and then I needed to have my foundation rocked a little bit. Mm. And then I realized like, oh, that's no, no, no. We are the Oh, no, I, I do. Yeah. A hundred, hundred and ten percent. I agree that you need to just sort of, I, I had nothing to lose, which was the big breakthrough moment for me. I yeah. was like. So all of these lecturers that I had relationships with, the majority of them didn't like me anymore because I'd sort of made a huge fuss about leaving uni because I was like I, the shit that I went through. Mm. So I was like, I don't have any professional industry connections in that sense. Um, I didn't really like the people that was in my class. Um, I'll edit that bit out. Some of them listen. <laughs> um, and I was just like, I have nothing to lose. Like, I don't have a reputation. I don't have a lot of industry connections. And I'd done those first 10 episodes of the podcast and then I was like, oh, is this the end of this now? Is this a fun, like, little 10-week thing? Mm. Um, I've got a fun question for you now. What would you um, what would you call your memoir when you do oh, eventually write one? It's funny. I'm actually writing a film right now that is slightly <laughs> memoirish. Does not have a title leak yet. Leak the title. I know, leak the title early. Um, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be like kind of an indie movie musical type of thing. But um, what would it be? The face that foxed the Jacqueline. Oh, my God. That's that's terrible. (laughs) Uh, Don't eat the berries. I mean, mine would just be like, it's my life. Ingram Noble. Yeah, I have to. Let me think. Oh, man, that's such a good question. Actually, um, I feel like I've life. thought of the answer before and now I just don't know what it is. Probably something about like my life actually is a musical. Yeah. The end. <laughs> no. Um, I just thought of mine there. I need to put it out there because I need to trademark this straight away. We yeah, played a game on it? this podcast called Stage Right or Stage Shite. And Stage Right is Stage Shite is a lie. And I feel like my memoir <sighs> needs to be called It's All Just Being Stage Shite. That's so good. That's a great one. And a picture of me with like a red velvet curtain. I, man, you thought about this though. This is a big question. I mean, I just thought about that on the spot there. And don't worry, you don't have to sign a contract to say that that will be your memoir. Oh, title. I know it's just <laughs> stressful. It would probably be like, um, I'm still you know, wearing polka dots, mixing the face that fox, wearing, wearing polka dots that stripe. I, that's so stupid it's just because i'm I, I have no fashion sense um maybe that would i have no fashion sense oh, that's cool yeah that's like I, I would probably pick that up would you pick that up uh-huh you need to memoirs come, like, a from really a person outfit. with no fashion sense like a funny outfit yeah that's me like on the front cover um i like that <laughs> I, while I was doing my research, or as I like to call it, legal stalking, I was reading on your website and you're okay. involved in some female empowerment organizations. Yeah. Uh, Real and she's so boss. Um, are, are they still sort of running? Because I couldn't really find a lot. How can people get involved? On them. Yeah. So she's so boss. Uh, that I was really working on in my gap year before I went to college and right when I started at school. Um, that one's kind of, I wouldn't say it's petered. There's kind of some other stuff we're working on, like, peripherally for that but um but I'm not working on that as heavily right now and then let's get real was kind of spurned from she's so boss I you know I started to do these panels around the country and I would go to you know hunger games conventions and I was like I don't want to keep talking about Jennifer Lawrence like she's cool but um but aren't <laughs> you guys bored right now you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I was like I want to talk about body image uh because that was something that was really important to me um I had to lose a bunch of weight to be in the movie fucked up my mental health for a really long time um and so I I wanted to talk to, you know, one of the biggest issues was I was looking at media and I was going like, fuck, but everybody else is like, you know, exactly what they're telling me to look like. So I guess I have to look this way. And, um, and I was curious if other people had been impacted that way. And it kind of turned into these representation conversations about people not seeing their race or their body type or their gender orientation or sexual orientation, uh, represented properly and how that, um, impacted the way that they saw themselves. And so I kind of started while I was at Stanford and trying to find meaning in my life. Um, <laughs> I started this kind of interview show online where I would, you know, cause I, I think storytelling is kind of the root of all of it. And so, 
um, I started to interview people about their experiences and kind of help them tell their stories and edit it down. I would do like this 30 that. minute hour long, almost like a podcast before a podcast thing. And then Trailblazer. Edit it into... <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um, you had it here first exclusive Jacqueline Emerson created podcast. I, I would not give myself that, but I'll, I'll take it. Why not? Um, no, not even close, but I, um, but it was fun and it was fascinating. And I got to hear some really interesting stories it. and it opened my perspective. And, and, you know, it was a really small community, but, but we had avid watchers and listeners and people that really cared, like cared about each other and cared, you know, we're so supportive and I don't know, it, it really, um, it, it meant a lot to do. It, it was a lot of work while I was at college. I, I was able to get credits for it for a quarter, but it became very hard to maintain. Um, but honestly, Tell my, my activism, I know <laughs> my activism work right now has become a little bit more behind the scenes, which is basically um, something I don't really talk about, but is happening under the radar. Cause I'd rather be the type of person that works silently and then kind of, you know, gets onto the scene. Oh, so, I don't want to oh. be the type of person that's yeah. Um, which is that I have like a 15 project slate right now of um, films, television shows, things like that, that I'm producing or creating, you know, musicals, movie musicals, things like that, all in various states of development, um, animated films that um, are all focused on uh, representation and, you know, female empowerment in different ways and elevating stories that um, haven't been heard and working with people that are telling those stories and um, creating conscious content is what I like to call it. Um, and all of these things, you know, I mean, of the like the slate, you know, I, I'd be lucky if a quarter of them actually go through, yeah. you know, I'm hopeful, but a lot of them are in really good places right now. And I have really cool people that I'm working with and people that believe in me and people that inspire me. And, um, and these are things I'm also going to get to perform in um, some of them, some of them not, but some of them, yes. And, um, and so it's, it's is <laughs> who knows we'll see um one can dream but um but I basically just realized like I'm not gonna it was sort of this twofold the thing of like you know once I also started auditioning and really getting out there I realized that a lot of the roles out there for women sucked and all of the good roles were being taken by the same like four people over and over again and I was like I love this so much that I don't want to be in something that I yeah. don't believe in I don't believe in the messaging of and so if I can help create content that I love, but that also is hopefully, you know, positive or having a positive impact in some way. Cause I can, I can do all those things. I write musicals, I write screenplays, I produce, I, you know, I act, obviously I primarily act. Do you? Um, do you? Do you? I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> just in case, just in case you didn't know that. I want to talk to you about the thing that I discovered you in. I only want to ask you one question about it because I imagine that there are hundreds and hundreds of Hunger Games interviews out there. And yeah. I, I only want to ask you one question. And it was because I had Ian Nelson on the podcast. No way. Ago. Yes. I I'm had still Ian. friends with Ian. I'm going to a show in a week and a half. Ian was episode 19. That's I, I hilarious. Um, I should text him. And we were talking about his favorite um, sort of behind the scenes moments and he said that Wes Bentley gave him a lot of advice yeah so I wanted to ask you what your favorite behind the scenes story was from the Hunger Games I have a good one I have a really good one I got to set and they told me you know you can't have the role unless you lose a bunch of weight for like a 16 year old you know so I don't that think was a you'd lot. be allowed to do that now no I don't think you would and candidly like the difference is nowadays if I was playing a role and it was like this character is a wrestler or this character is like yeah you know, like a dad, whatever I, I could transform my body and do it in a healthy way of like, this is for the role. But at the time, I think what more of the issue was, was entering the industry and then being told like, okay, you just did this drastic thing to play a starving child. Great. But this is how you have to look if you want to book anything else. And yeah. that to me was the real fucked up part. But I remember my first day on set, I had to like, I don't know, I had to leave set early or something like that. And they put me in a van or they were done with my rehearsal and they put me in a van with Jennifer Lawrence. And it was my I don't know, like my second time meeting her and she's in the front seat and she turns around and she goes, you're Jackie, right? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, mm, you're the one that they told to lose weight too. Cause they'd also made her lose weight. And she'd actually been like, no, I'm not going to do that. Cause she'd had a pretty bad experience with that before. And I was like, yeah. Um, and she handed me her phone and she said, here's my number. I want you to call me anytime. I know how hard that is. Wow. And like stellar, stellar human. And the entirety of set, she would check in with me. She would make sure I was doing okay. Show me the nicest birthday letter I've ever received in my life. Um, Wes was also 
you know, the best. He gave really good advice as well. But I am. Um, and honestly, my favorite onset moment was probably when I got to act with Stanley Tucci because um, we got to do this interview scene together. And he is my ultimate favorite actor of all time. And I literally started sobbing when I found out not only he was cast, but that I'd get to do a scene with him, um, like in a role that I might interact with him in. Yeah. And the whole time I was like, am I going to get an interview? I got to get an interview. <laughs> and now I do a lot of improv and comedy. I had a main stage show at UCB before like the world exploded, but I didn't do improv back then. Like I didn't know I was good at it um, or that I'd enjoy it. And it was just an improvised scene with Stanley Tucci on stage in front of 350 people because they have like myself. extras in the audience. Oh, it was terrifying. And um, I'd have been like, what? No, script something like, now. No. I will learn it. It was so scary. But once again, little did I, I'm now an improviser. Like it's one of the main things I do. Yeah. I love it. And it's because like I really thrive in those scenarios. And I was so nervous. I remember we got on stage and the director, gave me like one note and instantly it was like I knew what to do and we did this like interview scene and we had this hilarious banter and um and it was so much fun and I was like playing the straight man to his craziness and afterwards he pulled me aside and he was like you are my favorite like he like whispered that to me so much to me I literally was like oh Oh my God. And then also the costume designers who I was like besties with at the time, they knew that I was obsessed with Stanley Tucci. And there was like a really strict, cause it was so high privacy. Like it was like no cell phones on set. No, you know, whatever. But one of the costume designers, cause they get the camera for the dailies, um, took all these photos of us together because she knew how much of a fan I was. And so I have these great photos of like Stanley Tucci, like talking and I'm like, ah! you know, <laughs> and like, so that was just a, it probably makes them even better that they're so candid. Oh my God. Oh, they are. And it's great. You can just see that he's like, I think it was the moment that he was probably telling me that too. Cause like you could, I'm like, and he's like, you know, like (laughs) no one's going to be able to see what I just did with my face, but, um, but just know it's a great, it was excellent. I, I, I I truly enjoyed it for everyone. That's I'll I'll take a screenshot (laughs) of the video and we'll put it on. Thank you. And you'll put it on the thing. Um, but it just, that meant so much to me, but really like for me, the core thing was, I couldn't believe that, um, Jen was that, you know, supportive like right off the bat it's really weird when i think about things like that about people being asked to lose weight and things and it's i think it's the only industry that you can sort of get away with doing that and it's really shit because especially like if we're going to get into the canon of hunger games district five isn't that much of a poor district no i mean it's you could have had an average looking person because you weren't large you weren't like no, I was pretty normal size. Well, I mean, yeah. I think that the whole thing was it was like District 5 is clearly not one of the wealthy districts. Actually, I don't know if you know this, but they never label what District 5 yeah. is in the so books. They, there was no so they had to invent reason. it for the movie, um, which is also really funny. This is a side note. So the year I got cast, also coincidentally, my small high school, our all school read was The Hunger Games. And we did a whole, like literally maybe a month before I got cast. So everybody was paying attention to the casting, which is why it was so surreal when it happened. And then the school just like exploded. So did um, people know that you were auditioning while you were reading that book? Nobody knew. I mean, it was all secret. Yeah. And, um, but we literally had a Hunger Games week. I know this sounds kind of fucked up, but it was like, we had all these like games and competitions and people got kicked out. And ironically, I won like my group won. It was very weird, (laughs) but the teachers did, because you know how they do like the parade in the beginning yeah. through the Capitol? The teachers did a parade for us and um, and all the different departments were different districts. And I can't remember what department was District 5, but because there's no descriptor for District 5, all of them wore fox masks because fox face was the only like descriptor for District 5. And then it was really funny, like hilarious when a month later, everybody was like watching the casting closely. And I didn't even believe that I got it at that point because I still hadn't signed a contract. Yeah. And then they just announced the casting and it was like, oh my God. And then it was like, the school just blew up. Like everyone was screaming, right? It was, it was Are you not just sitting experience. there bubbling over with excitement while like everyone's dressed up in fox face masks and you're like, you don't- Well, I didn't know at that know. point. I hadn't even auditioned yet. Oh, you hadn't auditioned yet. I thought like you were in the process. No, I knew that like, I knew that I might be auditioning. Like I had, I had already done the interview and it was like, oh, we might have you come in an audition. But like, I didn't know for sure. And I was like training to prepare myself and it's a whole shit show. It was really <laughs> funny. I mean, it was a, such a fun experience, such an amazing time in my life. It was really cool. But um, but yeah, I'd say that was probably my favorite. Yeah, my I, favorite I, memory. I love the Hunger Games. I grew up with it. Not a fan of Catching Fire, but the, the rest, I love them. But the rest, I'm like, yeah, it's so I, good. I think it's second books for me. I don't like Chamber of Secrets and I don't like Catching oh, Fire. Oh, interesting. 
Like it's two of my main. Yeah, here's the thing though. I liked the Catching Fire movie. I thought it was a good movie. Do you disagree? No. Okay. Never mind. I feel like you can take it or leave it story wise because I feel like they didn't have to send them back into the arena for it's them to blow. For them to, but spoiler alert for anybody that's up, for them to firebomb District 12, they didn't need to go back into the arena. I feel yeah, like Catching Fire was out. just a, what's the words, like a, an exploration of the world that they were yeah. in. We just got to go a lot more places. We were taken to districts and things like that. And I think that's purely what it serves for. And when I do a reread, I don't read it. Huh. Fascinating. Makes sense. Um, that makes total sense. I also, yeah. like, I gather a lot of divided opinions when I tell people that my favorites are the original books and the original films. Like, number one, and well, the Hunger Games film and book will be the my number one forever. the first one was really special it was also a special experience on set so i met i'm also met like evie and like a bunch of the other harry potter people through conventions because we would all do the same convention circuit and that was like so fun we all got to bond um but yeah i don't know i i mean i really think the the best part of the whole thing was we all just became so cl- like i'm yeah. still uh the costume designer and i are still super tight i'm still tight with a couple people from the cast i love that um it's like we we all kind of had this, you know, insane experience. Um, I mean, the the Dungeons and Dragons, I, I was going to say like the one thing that I'm plugging here is uh, just this like Dungeons and Dragons live stream I do, but that's literally because of Jack, because um, Jack uh, is one of my uh, close Jack friends. Jack Quaid for everyone. Yeah, Jack but... Quaid. He's, one, he's still one of my close friends. And he uh, he got me into his, he like produces a Dungeons and Dragons uh, radio show type of thing. And so I started doing that. And then I started playing with all these guys. It was just the best crew. Um, and his show was the one I went to last night. It was great doing comedy. Oh, I'm so um, excited to go back to the theater and just sort it's of. so I amazing. Had a few outings, but like I've missed it so, so much. But yeah, yeah. I just wanted to show you my copy of The Hunger Games. It's so know. cool to see it. Feel, it feels very so sort cool of like, yeah. She's going to be like this after the end of the podcast. This kid from Scotland was just showing me copies of books and asking me. No, I love it. I have all my, I actually have like an ancient, I love books. I have an ancient collection of books and I have like fairy tales from like the 1800s and stuff like that, that I spend Uh, way too much money on. I'm such a massive reader. And I think that's why I like acting because I like storytelling. Me too. Um, 100% me too. But we're coming to the end now. Very conscious that we're running late on time. But I want to play a game with you, and it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. And these are my favorite things in the world. They are stories submitted by our listeners. Two of them have been submitted by uh, Drama School Dropout listeners. One of them is made up by our producer and my best friend, Heather. And it's our job to find out which one is Stage Shite, which is the lie that I have the answer in a sealed envelope. And these are some of my favorite things in the world. I'm excited. Everyone will know by now I'm writing a drama school dropout book that is all of these stories. And that is coming very, very soon because there are so many that like I just haven't used yet and I need to use them. And they're my favorite things in the world. So number one, I was in rehearsals and I fell off a six foot high platform. In that split second of falling, I prepared myself for whatever pain was coming, but not the wedgie I got when my knickers caught on the platform and kept me suspended in midair. No way. I mean, that's weird as shit has happened. No way. Okay, what's the next one? Number two, I had to hold a wine glass on stage in a play. And the night that my boyfriend came to see me, I got so nervous because it was the first time he saw me perform. And I crushed the wine hand in my glass. I crushed the wine hand. I crushed the wine glass in my hand accidentally. And there was a lot of blood. I fainted mid scene. That's hilarious. Number three. Probably true. My first job after drama school was with mainly new graduates and it was all very clicky. And one girl, open brackets, who made it very clear that she didn't like me, close brackets, commented that some people, open brackets, she meant me, close brackets, needed to go and find a voice coach to help with their Scottish accents. P.S. I'm Scottish and lived in Edinburgh for 18 years. In fact, she was one of the only two people that wasn't Scottish. She now runs a pyramid scheme and I work on the West End. That's hilarious. Okay, the first one is definitely stage shite. Yeah, I'm going to go for that as well. The second two are too specific. I also love that um, it, I shouldn't have, I should maybe edit that last bit out of the last one because there's not very many Scottish people working in the West End. Oh, that's hilarious. And it will be very, very easy to figure out like who it was. Like there'll be a short five list of like who it is. And that's it. Jesus Christ, it was number two. What? So the lie no was the wine glass. No way! 
which I now That's understand insane. it because I smashed glass in my opening night. Heather's just used one of my stories. Oh my god! So somebody's knickers caught on the platform that and left them suspended so in midair. Funny. So someone, <laughs> wait, can you read number one again? Because I immediately wrote it off as a lie and I didn't even pay attention. I was in rehearsals and I fell off of a six foot high platform. In that split second of falling, I prepared myself for whatever pain was coming, but not the wedgie I got when my knickers caught on the platform and suspended oh, me in so midair. Funny. So like they that fell. Is so and, like... funny. Uh, do you ever watch? Um, I shouldn't I watch these because I think there. it's bad karma. But like... sometimes I watch those like theater fails online. Oh, yeah. Because all... I think I just like we've all been there, you know, when something's gone terribly wrong. Always the magic carpet and Aladdin. Oh, I know. Everybody That's says that. on them. I was one time, one of the operas I was in was Hansel and Gretel at the LA Opera. And there's this iconic scene where like all the gingerbread cookies turn into children. And that was one of, one of them was me. And there was this massive like gingerbread house in the middle. And we're supposed to like throw our cookies off into the center. And then the gingerbread house like rises. And it's like this huge set piece. And I, um, I like threw my gingerbread one night, you know, and this is like in front of a lot of people. This is a huge, yeah. it's like the opera house of LA. Um, I threw my thing with a little, like too much force and it somehow snagged on the ginger house. So as the house was rising, there was this like gingerbread man, like costume, like hanging by a thread, like dangling. And it looked like, like someone had murdered like you know, a gingerbread and hung it off the house. And we were all terrified it was going to fall. And it was like dangerous. It was, it was so bad. They're so horrible, but they're my favorite things in the world. I was, um, <sighs> my second student show, we were doing a play called Bull by Mike Bartlett. And I am, um, I was this office boss and I had to sack one of my employees and I had this big glass decanter of whiskey on my desk. And there's, there's a point where in the scene where I'm like shouting at him and I said, Tom, and I was used to slam the desk. But then I got worried on opening night that if I didn't hold the decanter, it would fall off. So I held the decanter, I smashed the desk. There was nowhere for the force to travel through. The whole thing exploded on opening night. <gasps> I just oh saw my God, the lid of the decanter go, and I was like, right, my lecturer is going to kill me, so do not stop. Keep going. That's do not so stop. Funny. And I'm like, here, and I, I don't, I'm like, have I cut my hands? Am I bleeding? Where's the, I went like that. Wiped <gasps> all of my front, all of the glass fell off me. So I'm carrying on the show, and there's a bit where I go up and I fix one boy's ties called Russell, shout out Russell. Um, and I just took an extra minute to check both of my hands. I was absolutely fine. Oh my God, that's insane. And then after the show, somebody asked me, how do you make that glass smash? <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh yeah, it's really great, isn't it? Like the things they can do in theatre now. My Magic. Lecturer, my, my lecturer stood there like that. That's so funny. Hey, the show must go on. <laughs> um, but I'm really conscious about time and things. And I know I've taken up a lot of your time and we've got normal lives to get back to. Um, so we're going to come to the end now. Um, I did want to mention quickly, though, though, you do make music. I do. And you've got loads of music on, available on your website, which will be down in the show notes below. Have you got any new music coming out in like Um, I actually do. I, I wrote some music this year, but primarily I actually have written a few musicals. And so um, those are kind Somebody of in the long term. On work. the West End. On the West oh God, End, I please. So please. I can audition. <laughs> Just um, not Andrew Lloyd. Yeah, Lover. so that's I've, I've done a lot of a lot of songwriting uh, this past year. So yeah, just keep 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 posting on my website. I'll post new stuff as it comes out. Uh, most of my stuff is kind of long game right now, but I'll, I'll try to keep it updated. It's always fun though when it's long game because you're like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. I know, I know. I'm like, <laughs> I can't wait, huh? And where can everyone <laughs> find you on social media? I know you delete Instagram and things. I'm just I do, but you can still find me at Jackie underscore Emerson on Instagram. I don't really think I tweet. Um, I do occasionally. Oh, I, I'd say I post pictures anywhere. like, you know, like once every couple of weeks or stories and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely check out the Instagram and YouTube is where I mainly post my videos. Um, so anything new will be on there, but yeah, keep an eye on my website and, um, www.jacklinemerson.com. And you can see me on a, yes. Oh, Jackie Emerson.com. Jackie Emerson.com. Jackie It'll all be in the show notes. I always fuck it up. It's all, all the correct <laughs> shit will be in the show notes below. So don't trust um, And me. you can also, you can find me on this, you know, Dungeons and Dragons live stream yes. every Tuesday night from a uh, six to nine PM PT, which is terrible for you guys. But <laughs> I mean, it's actually, well, yeah, actually, because it's, it's new just now, isn't it? And it's like, yeah, well, it's 
It's, it's like 3 a.m. But you can also watch it afterwards and they get posted on YouTube. Where it's really fun. It's a that? bunch of. Is there like a channel name? Um, it's on yeah YouTube. If you look up like Hero Club King of Tides, um, what I'll say about it is it's a bunch of unbelievably talented improvisers and comedians and um, and voiceover actors. And so I, I have it's just a really fun group no idea what Dungeons and Dragons is my only knowledge of Dungeons and Dragons is the Big Bang Theory but it's, like it's so fun I feel it's like I should probably watch it I feel like mm-hmm. I probably should watch it um but I'll send you my play tonight and then when you get yeah, that send wait. me over the links and I'll put them all yes. in the show notes below great I will and definitely also, do that I know it's like really random um but this episode isn't coming out until like the third week of December so Merry Christmas oh my god We're, like Merry really Christmas. random Christmas we're currently Maybe I'll have something to promote differently by then. So I'll send you if Let I do. And I'll add it in. Yeah, wow. but like Merry, and Merry Christmas to everyone that's currently listening. Because I don't Yeah, really Merry Christmas. I'm, sh- I'm sure I'm just consuming every uh, Christmas movie I right now. I am eating all Love of actually. the Terry's chocolate oranges. Like uh, I know yeah. exactly that's what I'm doing at Christmas. It's oh, really so weird good. to say it because we're recording in advance and it's obviously October. But yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's made me excited, I have to say. <laughs> I'm going to go and put my Christmas tree up. I know. I'm <laughs> that's great but oh, thank man. you so much for coming on genuinely i've been such a huge fan of you for such a long time and i've I genuinely had the best time oh thanks for having me and thanks for you know just shooting the shit and chatting and and dealing with uh you know, all the above I've, I've been having yeah. bad allergies so i feel like i was breathing very heavily that's during fine. the session I'm, I, I'm kind of Ill. hope you can like, edit that out <laughs> but i am I, it's raining the sound quality is gonna be raining. shit but you know what deal with it everyone it's great no i'm it's so fun to talk to um you know a fellow actor and someone who's kind of gone through a similar experience with schooling and finding themselves and all of that and um and so i just really appreciate it thank you for having me this was so fun it was lovely to meet you um i'm really excited to read your play oh yes if you're ever in britain if you're ever in britain hit me up we will get drunk I will. I would I love that. I know where to get cheap vodka. <laughs> cheap vodka that's relative good. Relative colleges. Yes. And our like leaders of country. I'm I'm definitely down for that. Yeah, Thanks. I know where to get good cheap vodka. So let me know. It's not just shit cheap vodka. It's good. Pound vodka shots for the win. But thank you so much for coming on. I'll let you get back to normal life. Thank you for everything. It was really nice to meet you. And I'm so excited for everything you're working on. I really can't wait to to see everything. And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 58 completed. Thank you so much to Jackie for coming on the podcast. And make sure to go and follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us out so much you don't even know. If you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Right, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. I will be back again next week, as per usual, with a brand spanking new episode and i'll be joined by another one of the chats with estates favorite shameless residents so make sure to come back next tuesday have a great week stay safe i love you drama school dropout no graduation day for you drama school dropout thought your whole course now try something new drama school